Hello, everybody. Andy Anatomical here, and welcome to this edition of the Profile Pod, the audio portion. Uh, tonight, we had Paul McHugh, CFO and co-founder of Zoetic Movement Dance Studio. He's also a registered nurse. So he gave us two perspectives of two different worlds, and he provided a lot of insight on what makes them successful in each one. Hope you enjoy this edition of the Profile Pod audio portion. You can also catch this on video on YouTube. So this makes it a simulcast. Check it out on YouTube at Profile Pod TV. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, 90s Galore, 90s Galore Podcast. So I um, hope you enjoy this episode and uh don't forget to check us out on instagram at profile pod tv and at 90s galore at 90s underscore g-a-l-o-r-e thank you guys so much uh really appreciate you guys tuning in so we'll see you next time enjoy the episode here you go hey everybody this is little richard oh shut up and you're listening to the profile pod with andy I told you to shut up. <laughs> Delete that. No, we're keeping that. We're keeping it. We're keeping it. <laughs> Okay, here we are. We were having some technical difficulties, but we are back online. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Profile Pod TV. Excuse the uh, interruption there. Thank you for standing by. And uh, like I said, I'm your host. Um, and I want to give some shout outs real quick to uh, some individuals out there who are supporting the podcast, supporting us on Instagram. Uh, want to thank uh, the Real Word Podcast, Ricky. From the Real Word Podcast, thank you, brother. Hopefully, you can get on here in a couple couple weeks to come and showcase your podcast. Um, so, thank you for for showing your love, showing your support. Uh, Jimmy Deward, Jimmy Deward, uh, f- on Instagram. Also, thank you for for showing us love and support, and uh, always being there for for us. There, um, much appreciated, brother. And uh, last but not least. We have Doc Mike 718, Doc Mike 718 on Instagram. Really appreciate you showing the love also, man. So uh, always like to do the shout outs uh, with, with uh, those, uh, those who are supporting the, the podcast. Those are supporting, showing us love on Instagram. It's always fun to do that. And uh, it's always a, a segment of, of uh, during our intro in, in, in pro, on the profile pod. Um, so, Hope everybody's doing well, man. It's, uh, you know, obviously like day, who knows? I don't know. What is it like day 60 something of this uh, quarantine? And uh, hopefully the end is near uh, because Lord knows I am, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, ready to um, move on with life and uh, just get back to normalcy, man. Holy, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's been crazy, right? We've all. We're all, we're all in the same boat, and I think we're all ready to move on. And uh, <laughs> I think we were ready to move on the first day. Uh, but um, 
So we have something very special in store for you tonight. Uh, our guest, our special guest is a hero, community hero, a man of the people. Uh, he is here to talk about a couple things, two in particular, two main topics. Uh, he's been a registered nurse now since 2006 in Pomona, California. And uh, he has his own, he co-founded, and now he's the CFO for his dance studio, which is called Zoetic Movement. So he's highly success, successful in both of those endeavors. Um, he's here to break it down for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Paul McHugh to the Profile Pod. How are you, bud? All right, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for thanks, being here. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice talking with you again, my friend. Yes. No. Oh, thank you, Paul. Man, it's a uh, it's a pleasure. I know this is uh, I think your second or third time you you came on the '90s Galore podcast. Uh, we we discussed uh, we broke down the Big Lebowski. That's right. And I think that was in what December? I want to say December ish, November ish. It feels like it. Yeah, yeah. Sometime in December. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Time flies, right? When time flies when you're quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could say that again, man. Holy shit. I know. I feel like we're some kind of time capsule or something, man. It's like, you know. Isn't it weird, I, man? Like the, the whole um, zeitgeist, if you will, right? Yeah. Wow, just is, it's, it's incredible. Never. Hopefully, we'll never see this again, but, you know, prepare for the worst. Hope I hope the so. Best, prepare for the worst. Exactly, man. I hope so, man. And, and I um. I know you're here to, to provide some insight, some very exclusive insight into that world, man, particularly in, uh, in a hospital, being in a hospital, uh, you know, helping protect people's lives. And even even beyond that, I mean, you've been a registered nurse now for, you know, 14 years, I want to say. Right. And uh, yep. you've been, yeah, you've been in that arena now, protecting lives, saving lives uh, for a long time now, man. And uh, I've seen you. Um, you know, firsthand, and, and, you know, you know, working on, uh, you know, helping others, you know, helping others, maybe, uh, maybe family parties and stuff like that, where you, somebody needed first aid, uh, and you were there immediately to, to provide that man. And, uh, I saw, seeing you work, seeing how cool you are, seeing how you, you are in action, man. I can just imagine you being in the, uh, you know, in the emergency rooms and in, in, in those uh, hospital rooms, man, you know, assisting those yeah. in need, your patients, you know, well, assisting. We always, we always say nursing is a team sport. Mm -hmm. I, I, You're yeah. not in it by yourself. That's for sure. That's true. That's true, man. And, uh, and along with all that, Paul, you, you, uh, you founded Zoetic Movement Dance Studio, co-founded along with your wife, Judy, shout out to Judy. <laughs> And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was in 2011. And I, you're here to kind of shed light on that as well, man. So you're, it's like a two part episode where you are. <laughs> yeah, you are um, going to shed light and, and, and impart your knowledge on how to be successful in business as well, man. So. So, yeah, man, it's really special what you're doing, Paul. You're a true hero, man. And like I said, a true man of the, of the community, of the people. Um, you know, so, um, you know, so I don't know. So where, what can we start, man? Let's start with, with the, uh, 
Well, first of all, how are you doing, man? Let's check in with you, man. How's everything good, going? How's it? I'm healthy, staying healthy. Um, actually, quarantine has uh, forced us to be more active. Well, me anyway. Judy was already pretty active. She does a lot of CrossFit stuff, but um, I, I'd fallen off on my my uh, physical activity. So I've uh, been running a lot lately. And then uh, we have a little park right here by our house, part of our uh, our HOA. And she has uh, her little booty band workout that she makes me do. <laughs> <laughs> so staying healthy, staying healthy, man. So you're back to uh, jogging, huh? You're—I remember you were running a lot, maybe five to ten years ago, and you were doing yeah. like marathon distances, man. Yeah. Like it's anything you yeah. can do, Paul. Like, is there seriously, yeah. right? Uh, there's, there's, there's there's nothing that any of us can't do. As you put your mind to it, anybody can do anything. Look at you, man. You started your own podcast. You two podcasts. Look at you. You do. Oh, you I, get. Anybody, if anybody has a goal and a vision, you just you set your mind to it and put it out there in the universe, and things line up for you. And that's what it's all about: taking action. Absolutely, man. You're the, you know, you set you set the example, man. You set the example for for all of us <laughs> to, to follow. And oh, well, thank you, man. You know, I I have my moments, Paul, and um, like I said, I'm just I, I have you little I have you to look up to, oh, and. <laughs> You know, you doing, bro. Nah, yeah, we all we're all in this together, bro. And everybody, everybody has the capacity to do something special when the time is when the time is there and it's the right place, right time, and things line up. You you get to take action, and and any field, any day, any time. You're right, Paul. You know, it goes back to the old saying, man. You know, you set your mind to anything, you can do anything. You know, it sounds yeah. cliche, it sounds, but it's true, man. It's true, right? If you yeah. apply yourself, if you work hard, it takes effort, it takes energy. Uh, but if, you know, if you're willing to do the work and, and set out, put the energy out, do the research, learn what you're doing and put it, execute, you know, yeah. things, things, good things happen, man. Like you said, and uh, it's but, all about taking action. And um, like Tony Robbins says, right, can I constant and never ending improvement? You always got to improve yourself. Mm. You're, you're never you're never the best as what you can be tomorrow you know what i mean you set your mind to it and you just you gotta you gotta set out to, to improve to get better day by day absolutely man absolutely you know uh there's a this japanese word called uh, kaizen i don't know if you're uh, familiar it's uh yeah. continuous incremental improvement yeah that's yeah. where uh that's where kanai comes from can I C A N I continuous and never ending improvement? Absolutely. Which Absolutely. Is, I think the stem of that is uh, the Japanese word you said that I can't remember or pronounce. Kaizen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> K A I Z E N. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had my, I don't know if you saw my guest last week, Chris Ward. Shout out to Chris. We were discussing this very thing about, you know, how. You know, being successful and mo being motivated, and uh, you know, sharpening your skills, you know, constantly putting things in action. Uh, you know, so we we're kind of we were saying that very thing, man. And, and it's you know, it's a common thing with people who are you know entrepreneurs, uh, or in any facet of life. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, if like you see it all the time, and something it must be true. I mean, it must be something must be uh you know 
must be right about that. If, if you see it all the time, when you see it consistently, frequently with, with these entrepreneurs and, and these business owners and people like yourself who are, um, you know, high achievers and, and, you know, uh, very, um, you know, with aspiration, very high aspirations, you know, lofty goals. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very common theme, man. And so, but yeah, man, go ahead. Go ahead. Were you going to yeah, say something? I think for uh, anybody who plans to be an entrepreneur, you have to have that spirit of, um, of Kaizen, right? Um, one of, I guess you'd call him a mentor or a hero of mine is Tony Robbins. So if you, uh, you ever heard of him? You know Tony Robbins? Oh, absolutely. You know he's he is. a SGV yeah. guy, man, from Glendora, right? Is he? Oh, I, yeah, you're right. I think he is. I think he so, is. Yeah, yeah, he's local guy. So if you know anything about his um, back history, right, like the guy never went to college, but yet very knowledgeable about many things in life, but, you know, business being one of them and just, um, you know, spiritual depth of one's individual self. Um, but basically what he does is um, he he seeks a topic and he goes out and finds the the smartest person he can in that. So if it's finance, he'll go seek out all the financial um, gurus, the guys that run uh, top businesses, the guys that run stocks, uh, financial firms, things like that. Picks their brain, brings it back to one of his seminars. So if you or... And you don't have to be a business person. Anybody just wants to stimulate their life. You you yeah. go, you got you have to immerse yourself in that kind of environment. So unleash the power within from from Tony Robbins. Just giving him a little plug there. Not that he <laughs> needs it, but uh, those are those are awesome awesome events for you to go to and just to uh, inspire yourself to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And then uh, of course it is beneficial if you are have any kind of entrepreneurial. Um, spirit about you if there's any business that you want to that you're thinking about getting started or you have you know prospects of getting started these are the kind of things that one gets to do um whether it's tony robbins or anybody else you know what i mean but um it's part of it's part of improving oneself you know so as an entrepreneur um judy judy found that first um again I've, i give her so much just admiration and, and just awe of my wife she's just amazing Mm-hmm. You know, she's the she's the CEO, the director. That she's the brains. She's everything behind the Zoetic movement. And you know, mm-hmm. he said, "I'm I'm the CFO. I manage the accounts and um, you know, make sure the bills get paid. I, I help run the front desk and um, I sit on the front desk when you know t- client intake and things like that. But on the days that I am there, I kind of um, kind of play the nurse role sometimes too. When dancers get hurt, <laughs> you know, they they need a little bit of change too." <laughs> So you like double? You're pulling yeah. W duty right there, man. The nursing and the yeah, and the yeah. business side of yeah. things, the ownership side. Yeah, it no, never babe. turns off, bro. When when you're a nurse, it never turns off. You're always looking. Uh, you're assessing people. You're in the grocery line looking at people's veins. You're like, dang, I could get an IV in that. Or you're sitting <laughs> in a dance studio and somebody somebody has a sprain or somebody has a tummy ache and you know you get to be that little like the dad role for a minute or the nurse or right. whatever you know that's awesome so it's cool. man. yeah yeah no i think uh, personal development is key paul you know uh mentorship uh that's another theme yeah. we were talking about last week uh with my my guest chris from last week where you know you got to have some uh, you know if you're constantly pouring you know, pouring of your giving of yourself and giving of yourself and 
and never receiving anything back. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta replenish yourself, you know? Right. Um, that, I think that's key, man. You gotta be able to, to, to refresh, refreshing yourself. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, and take some time for yourself and sharpen your skills. And it's a constant development, right? It's a constant process. Right. Where, like you said, man, you you go to these seminars. Tony Robbins is a great example. You know, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of them out there, but I think that's key, man. And that's, that's yeah. one area, one area that, uh, I really need, I want you to be my mentor, Paul. And, um, <laughs> I need you to be my mentor. We'll go, go but you do. What's five. that? Find a unleash the power within sometime soon before Tony retires, man. It's like a three and a half day conference, and then, well, I you, you went to it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, we've done one. Uh, we went in twenty. I went by myself in twenty sixteen. It was the day after um, the election. <laughs> oh. We were driving up to San Jose, and uh, we got the results of the election. It was very uh, for myself disheartening, but um, you know, life moves on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Paul. Oh, so yeah, I'll never forget it. Yeah, for, for sure, man. For sure, I got I got to check one of those out for sure. Uh, so yeah. you know, so yeah, you got your dance studio going. You want in your registered nurse. Kind of want to talk about your your background in nursing a little bit. Uh, you know, you how, how did that come about? How did you want to? Why did you want to become a nurse? Uh, what was something that really inspired you about about you know that 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 profession? <laughs> You know, going that way and that for that career, can you tell us a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah, it's funny. I was actually just talking about this the other day with somebody. Oh, uh, yeah, one of my coworkers at work. He's asking me what got me into nursing. And he had never. I've been working with this guy for <laughs> fourteen years. He never asked me, and he kind of asked. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so I never knew what a nurse did growing up. Never even thought about it. Um, aside from like a. I don't know, a five-day stint in the hospital. Actually, the hospital I work at now when I broke my leg and um, didn't really put it together as far as, like, who were the ones that were taking care of me. I was just, you know, a 14-year-old kid that just had a broken leg and wanting to get out of the hospital. But, um, you know, like, went on, just graduated high school, went, went on to my uh, community college up here at Chafee and just taking classes. Just I didn't even know what I was trying to take classes for. I ended up taking business classes, which, you know, ended up helping me in the long run um but then um just looking at the business world at the time i didn't really you know it wasn't one that's very competitive to try to fight for a job so i was looking at what else what other avenue can i do that would be um you know quicker to get into and you know make a decent living and i thought about uh being a massage therapist oh okay. so look at schools for that yeah, because, you yeah, know, man. my mom was always, oh, mijo, mijo, get my shoulders. So growing <laughs> up, I always used to massage her and found out that, you know, I, I kind of liked that aspect of like, putting hands on somebody and just, you know, giving them some kind of, um, I don't know, release, I guess, or some kind of, uh, you know, promote their health of some sort. And subconsciously, I think I know it wasn't, this wasn't a conscious thing that I was thinking when I was growing up. But, um, you know, when I was looking at what to do with my life back when I was like, 20 21 these were the things i thought about and then uh -huh. i looked into massage therapy school and at that time it was like 10 or fifteen thousand dollars, which i didn't have and i was so i had to figure out well you know what is it that i actually want i like to help people mm -hmm. um, i do like sports so i thought about you know what else can i do with sports and massage therapy so i thought of, um, of sports medicine and went and saw a counselor 
at college and they said, oh, well, you know, you've got to take an anatomy class. So I jumped into an anatomy class, which was, you know, 45 people strong. And of those 45 people, like 40 of them are nursing students or pre-nursing students. And then, uh -huh. um, you know, if anybody's taking an anatomy class, it's basically just rope memorization. Uh, you can do that yourself, but the yeah. better way to do it and a little bit more efficient is to get a study group. So found myself with a study group of like, I think five or six ladies. And by the end of the semester, it was, it was all about, yo, you should be a nurse. You should be a nurse. You'd be great as a nurse. And I was, <laughs> you know, never understood what a nurse was, but, uh, wow. by the end of it, I looked at it logically and said, you, you know what? Yeah. Like, why not? Let's go for it. I mean, the first three prereqs for sports medicine were nursing classes anyway, is, you know, anatomy, physiology, microbiology. Yeah. You have to take all those again in sports medicine anyhow. So yeah. I figured what the heck, let's just, you know, I'll go for it. And what's the worst that can happen? Uh, you know, I don't like it. I changed my major. Mm -hmm. I was still young enough. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how it ended up. And, oh wow. um, I, I remember in nursing school thinking, you know, my last semester, not sure if it was still the right fit for me. Um, just didn't feel like I had a good grasp on what it was a nurse did or if I could even be a good nurse. And it's a lot, there's a lot of, um, a lot of stress, uh, a lot of responsibility being in that, yeah. that caretaker role. You know what I mean? Um, even more so now than even back then, it's just the demands keep growing on, on bedside nursing. And, um, so I was going to give myself a year, you know, in the, in that pro that program, I didn't, uh, I was, I'm very thankful that I got to go through the Chafee college that I, I did. It's a very strong nursing program. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, it's community college at that time. So I didn't go Panthers. I'm go very Panthers. fortunate that I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. Go Panthers. Right. You played for them for a little bit, right? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah so anyway, um, I, I got to graduate without debt over my head, which a lot of, uh, in any kind of college students that can't, can't oh, yeah. say right now, you know what I mean? Um, so anyway, I was going to give it a good year. And by the end of that year, I worked with some really just awesome, loving, caring, incredibly intelligent individuals, you know, nursing all, all different aspects, disciplines within the hospital, physical therapists, respiratory therapists, of course, the doctors, um, speech therapists, all these different, you know, personalities and roles that you work with and um yeah by the end of the year i just I, I started to love it i started to feel a little bit more confident about myself and about the role i was there to do and by the end of um by the end of like two years i really felt like okay like the the universe god whatever it was that guided me to this point even mm -hmm. though i didn't know what was i didn't know myself I was just, even to this day, I'm incredibly thankful that, um, that's, that's the role life took me into. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an honor and a blessing to be able to be there at the bedside and, you know, interact with people for 12, 12 hours straight, you know, if you're back for two or three days and, you know, you get to build these relationships with people and get to see them get better or <clears throat> sometimes they don't get better, you, you, but you're there, you know, you're that, you're that person. Um, nursing's a, a very unique role. No doubt, Paul. Yeah, I, I admire you, man, for that. You know, in, in, in any health professional, all the health professionals in general, man, what they, what you guys do is just amazing, man. It's just, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I, uh, I find it, uh, you know, so 
um, it's just I, I can't even describe it, man. How how much I, how appreciative and grateful I am for for what, what all you guys all you guys do. Um, and so I think uh, it seems you're very passionate about what you do as a registered nurse. And uh, I I I would go out and venture to say that you're just as passionate now as you were coming in, you know, as a rookie registered nurse, right? Um, and I, can you imagine, Paul, being a rookie right now? I mean, it, during this pandemic, pandemic. I mean, could you imagine that? What, what yeah. do you think that would? I mean, are there any like beginners, any rookies right now going through it that you're working yeah, with? Yeah, my my unit. Uh huh. Yeah, we uh, we just finished orienting a new nurse. I think she's on her third month. I think about now, three or four months, something like that. So very smart, very smart girl, very um you know, capable and adaptive, but um, at some point they, they have a little bit of an advantage coming into working this this time, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, versus somebody who maybe only a year, two years, three years in, I mean, they're starting at a rough time and to be able to get through um, the times like that we have, to be able to work a pandemic, I mean, <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's different. It's, it's very different, you know? Yeah, if you can get through something like that, Right. Starting out, I think, yeah, I don't want to say it gets easier, but I mean, you definitely, I think your confidence level does something to your confidence level. Uh, Something, right. I think it would boost. It definitely does that for you because if you can get, yeah, you can get through this. I mean, shoot, you know, the rest, you know, a a typical day, a normal quote unquote, a normal day in a hospital. Right. Uh, I don't think I would imagine it's not as hectic. Right. Not as difficult, maybe challenging. Um, you know what? It's it's interesting that you say that because a lot of, I think the perception would be that right now. Um, I could I I I can't say I've worked anywhere else except where I've worked, which is the you know, wonderful Pomona Valley Hospital. But um, I can't imagine what nurses would be going like going through in New York City right now, or you know, uh, weeks past when with the amount of work that they're seeing. But for us in our hospital, um, you know, their initial initial hit and the shutdown and all that stuff um there was a lot of anxiety a lot of panic you know things changed by the day by the hour you sort of shift off doing doing uh protocols one way by the end of the shift we've switched things and now you 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 know there's a lot of communication that happens and then just the nature of that people get um you know people don't respond well to change you know nurses aren't (laughs) we're people we're people and you know people don't like change in general and um to be able to throw change at you within a 12 hour shift or, you know, 24 hour period, or, you know, several changes within a week, you have to be flexible and you have to be adaptive. Yeah. Um, so the beginning of the pandemic was kind of that it was kind of just a lot of, um, you know, we're still taking care of regular patients. And then we had patients that were ruling out for the COVID and you have to treat them a little bit differently as far as your, your, your PPE, right. Everybody's talking about the PPE and, right. um, a lot of our PPE supplies are disappearing on us. Um, wow. You know, and, you know, the, the uncertainty of, well, shoot, are we going to have enough to get us through this whole pandemic was there as well. Um, and then, you know, give credit to my hospital that they managed it well and um, sought help where they could. We Thankfully, we live in a, a very giving um, community that we had a lot of donations from uh, either private individuals or businesses 
I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have so much different PPE in our hospital that we're just using up um, from the stuff that's been donated. I don't, I don't know if they're the hospital is just keeping our own supply that we had had, but um, the way they've managed it has been pretty good. But anyway, back to your question as far as the busyness, it's actually um, we're not as busy as we normally are at this time. So my unit, my unit itself is um, a 31 bed unit. And we, we run capacity at times, you know, usually from like October through March, April, we're, you know, we're at averaging like 28 patients, 31 patients. And once COVID started, we were, you know, 24 patients. Um, I've even come on my unit sometimes and we got 20 patients, you mm-hmm. know, which is, you know, two, two thirds of what you can run. And, and um, I think hospitals nationwide are feeling that. So what you see is that, you know, no people don't want to go to the ER if they're sick. Um, normal times that people would come in with some chest pain or the shortness of breath, they're going to hold off, and they hold off, and then they hold off until they're even more sicker. Oh, so yeah. when they do get in there, they're much more sick than what when you could have treated them earlier. Right. Uh, you know, and I can understand people, but at the same point, like if you need help, you you, you get to have help, uh, but you get to nip things in the butt before things get worse, but. Um, yeah. so last time I, I haven't worked since the weekend, I, I got a day off on Wednesday. So, um, got my four days off to recoup here. But, um, last time I worked, we were running like 20 patients or something that we had a fair amount of positive COVID patients on our unit. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a weird, it's a weird, um, atmosphere to say in the hospital. I mean, we even had, I think four units closed at one point. Um, regular nursing units that was an ICU unit that was closed. Um, we had a med surge unit that was closed and which impacts, you know, the impact nurses too. You would think that, Hey, you're nurses. There's plenty of work for you right now, but, um, the hospital, they flex us. They, they, they cancel us. Uh, mm. you, can, you got a unit canceled. They, they're a business too. They got to look at the bottom line and I can certainly understand that point, but right. one of the, um, one of my bigger things that I've, had a issue with was my um my upper administration so you know we're a union hospital and i'm i guess i'm the uh i'm the president of our chapter for our hospital uh for our union right um, of course so you are, have, huh? yeah <laughs> um so i i we have like we have what's called the labor management committee which our um our vice president of nursing sits upon and my director is there and other directors and other staff nurses so we get to bring concerns. We get to collaborate with them a little bit as far as whatever they'll let us collaborate on. Um, but anyway, it, one of those, one of the things that I frequently, frequently are talking about with our administrators is like, staff us up. Just there's no reason why we can't. You know, you have you have the staff available. Nurses want to work. Nurses, there you're gonna have a couple that. You know, they're scared. They're scared enough to just take a leave of absence for the month, and that's okay. You know, we are able to still handle and we are able still to staff our units, um, even giving those nurses or even nurses that um, have symptoms of the COVID, they have to stay home for the two weeks or whatever until they, they clear, right? Um, we still have we still have plenty of nurses that are willing and ready and, you know, healthy to work, but yet they're canceling us. And we can use these nurses to help over lunches or just to be an extra set of hands on the floor. There's a lot of um, desanitizing that happens on our unit, right? Um, I bet. There's um, 
you take a, an item into a patient's room with COVID, you have to wipe it down. And you don't just wipe it down and be done with it and, and that's it. There's there's what's called dwell time on things, right? Um, mm. So the specific cleaners that we use, most often you have to let it dwell, So which means you have to have a wet contact time of two minutes for, let's say, um, let's say I have to check somebody's blood sugar, right? I have to take the machine into the room. So once I'm done checking the, the blood sugar for this patient, I have to wipe it down with this little wipe and I have to make sure that the machine stays wet for two minutes to kill whatever, anything that's been on that organism or on that machine. So I don't uh -huh. transmit that organism to the next patient, right? <laughs> so that's a long time to wipe down something for two minutes. Remember, imagine just sitting there, you know, I'm just wiping it for two minutes, making sure the surface stays wet for two minutes. Some things are even three <laughs> to five minutes. And, uh -huh. You know, and then the scary thing is that, you know, you start running low on those cleaning supplies and you're like, well, what am I going to clean with? You know, like, can't even buy Lysol in the store. <laughs> right. right. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. It's certainly something I'll never forget in my, my nursing career. I, yeah, I can't even imagine, man. It's uh, have you ever been like uh, have you ever felt nervous during this whole time? Like, you know, yeah, nervous, you know, like you're taking a huge risk like going to work and. Like, you know, just kind of, you know, I don't know, scared or, or you know, just nervous for of, of cat, uh, being day, infected. Every day. Wow. I think, I think it's, I think I'd be lying to you if I'd say that there's no nurse that's not concerned about it. Mm. Every day, you know, that you are going in there, you have a potential to pick up something and bring it back home. Yeah. Um, yeah every day you know it's like it's funny when you start right um i remember for at least two years maybe three years of my nursing career i'd get to work and i'd sit in my car and i'd say a little prayer oh god please let me take care of people and don't let me uh miss something that, that can cause harm and please don't let me hurt anybody right like my little prayer every day and it took about three years for me to feel that um that confidence that Hey, I know what I'm doing. Like I've, I've had a lot of good uh, successes and I've, you know, caught some things that may be, um, but that doesn't mean I'm at all at the top of my game. There's still stuff that, that I can always do better on. Um, so, uh, but anyway, now yeah. it's like, instead of going to work and feeling that anxiety about, you know, missing something or catching something, now you're going to work, just having that little bit of um, apprehension about, you know what I mean? So going back to your rookie or, you know, my my new grad nurse, I can only imagine that she feels that bit of anxiety as far as, man, do, what if I'm going to miss something as well as this on top of her? So um, our unit is very, I, I love the people I work with. We're very nurturing um, for our nursing students and our new grads because we've all been there, you know? We all know that yeah. what stress you go through. So we make it a culture uh, on my unit that, you know, you ask questions, even if it's, even if you think, you know, the answer, you ask the question to just to hear somebody else repeat back to you. Oh yeah, I would do it this way, you know, to validate yourself or not, or, you know what I mean? Like there's no, no dumb question ever. I, it's what I always tell my nursing students <laughs> or my new grads. There's the only dumb question is one left unasked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I can imagine, uh, it, you know, being a, uh, yeah, it, it must be, uh, you know, crazy to kind of, for somebody coming brand new coming in, man, I, I, <laughs> knowing how I am, you know, knowing myself, yeah. I, but, but like you said, it, it's teamwork, you know, registered nursing yeah. is teamwork. 
and you guys are all very supportive of each other, very professional. And that's the best way, man. I think that's awesome, man. You guys are so and uh you know, but being and knowing you, Paul, though, I think you like you said, every day you you're kind of nervous, you kind of you pray and stuff like that. But I think you take it great knowing the type of person you are, you, you take it with a grain of salt. Uh, and you just go in there and knock things out. You're you're a professional. Uh, I don't think there's anything that you, you can't do, man. And and by the way, Paul is a very skilled uh, woodworker. He uh, he, likes to, <laughs> he likes to build things, and, and uh, <laughs> I think that's uh, you know. I just want to throw that in there, man. Because uh, by the way, I need a table. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll talk after. <laughs> um, yeah, some dimensions. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, but like you know, you hear the you hear the the um, the saying, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. With you, man, you're a jack yeah. of all trades, and you're a master of all trades, man. I want to make that clear. No, know? yeah, bro. Uh, so I just yeah. want the people to know what type of person, what type of man you are, man, because um, I admire you for for many things, man. And um, but wow. uh, but yeah, you know, I've seen all the the. You know the protective, uh, personal protective equipment you have to wear, the PPE, and la- how many layers uh, do you have to wear, man? Right now, <laughs> you know what? Um, not not as much as others. I mean, I've I've seen photos on the internet and uh, you know hits where they're wearing basically a hazmat getup. You know, um, they got the full bubble, the white suit that you see in like Outbreak and stuff like that. And yeah, we don't, we don't have that. Um, I mean. It would, I guess, it would be nice if we did have that, and maybe it would give you a little bit more security. But then, uh, you know, there's there's pros and cons to all that kind of things. Um, you know, the PPE that we wear now, it's it's the same PPE that we've always worn. So there's, really? I guess, you have to you have to take it in con, yeah, you take it in context and you take it in um, principalities of things, right? So when you're going through nursing school, you learn there's different types of isolation that you have patients in, right? So there's what's called contact, right? So uh, let's say MRSA, right? MRSA that, you know, everybody knows about. Most often you find it in the NARIs, right? So we screen every patient admitted for MRSA. And if somebody comes back positive that they have it, uh, we put them in contact isolation, which is you you wear yourself a little a disposable gown that you put on that each and every time you go into the room, you wear, and you wear gloves. You can wear a mask if you want, but um, contact isolation is the kind of thing that you only get. Uh, let's say I was uh, um, handling a paper towel that a patient with MRSA had, and I grabbed it, and then I didn't wash my hands, and then I touched my face. So I'm likely to pick up that way somehow, right? So that's a contact isolation. Um, then you have like the next next grade up, which is like droplet isolation. Patients with flu. Um, so the flu is dispersed by these, you know, everybody's talking about droplets with COVID and stuff like that. Right. So as we talk, you know, we're sitting here talking, yeah, you're releasing little bits of, uh, saliva in the air, right. Right. They kind of go, um, a little bit of what I'm saying aerosolized, but saliva, there's, um, you know, you have, um, air, right. Like hot air that's expressing out of your mouth. Right. And so that those drops are usually going no more than six feet. Um, and then it, with the flu, those the flu can live in those little drops and land on a, a surface. And if I were to come by and pick that up to my face, I can pick up the flu that way, right? Um, like I want to touch my face now, right? <laughs> um, so that's that is what's called droplet isolation. And for that, we wear like a regular surgical mask. 
um, and it protects you from inhaling or uh, inhaling any uh -huh. droplets that are floating around in the air because they they just stay in float for a little while, say a patient sneezed. Um, you know, those are really fine mist that will, you know, disperse in the air for a little bit and then they'll come, you know, raining down and usually within a six foot radius, which is where we get the social distancing of six feet, right? Yeah. Um, from that, from that up, you go into like an airborne isolation, which is most commonly, we see that in the hospital, even today, um, with patients that you are positive for tuberculosis or ruling out for tuberculosis, meaning they have signs and symptoms of tuberculosis. We're going to test or sputum them to see if you, you're confirmed for it, which usually takes like three to five days because it's a takes a long time for that bacteria to grow in mm. the medium, uh, which is like three to five days until you mm. know. But um, so ideally, like I guess, you know, when COVID first broke out, we were treating them like airborne isolation. So uh, patients that are, are positive for airborne isolation, you put them in a room that has negative pressure, right? Meaning there's like a blower in the room that's hooked up to the outside or to a secondary um, filtration system and it just sucks all the air that's in there. It's constantly cycling air, right? Uh -huh. So any anytime they do... Um, so anyway, airborne, if say a patient with tuberculosis, they do have... Um, they have these fine mist particles that just float and they stay and they linger in the air much longer than um, droplets with patients with flu or anything oh, like wow. that. So how, we're, how we treat the COVID patients is um, we put them in a contact isolation. So you're going to wear masks and gloves and all that stuff anyway, but it's also um, an airborne. No, I'm sorry, a droplet precaution as well. So it's droplet contact precautions. Um, so we do, we are provided with a grade of N95 masks. So mm -hmm. you also wear N95 masks when you go into an airborne room, so like a patient that has tuberculosis or that you may suspect has tuberculosis. So you wear an N95 mask mm -hmm. um, that is very, it's, it's actually um, fitted for you in your face. And we do fit testing every year. Our respiratory therapists come by and fit test us to make sure that no air particles are penetrating that mask, right? Mm. And they use, they use this uh, very bitter. So, I mean, a side note to test this, just so you know your viewers will understand. So, to test this, they put a hood on our head. Um, we wear the mask, and then there's this um, saffron base of some kind of solution um, that they spray on your tongue, and it's very, very bitter. It's like, oh, it's the worst bitterness you can taste, right? So, they test it on you to make sure that you have the taste buds that can you know, identify bitterness. Okay. And then they dilute it, or no, they they concentrate it. They give you a super concentrated one. You wear the mask. They there's a little hole on it. They spray the solution inside the hood, make you do like running in place, singing, do the alphabet. All this is very cool stuff. You do it in the middle of a nurse station, and you look like you're a hazmat <laughs> unit. Um, but anyway, that's how you know that you're fit tested for an N95 mask, right? So those are what we wear in an, in a uh, uh, an airborne isolation room, um, and. The N95 masks that we use now, we're not necessarily fit tested for them um, because there's so many different N95 masks that are out there. Um, our hospital has a specific brand, a specific model number that we use, um, and then all the other N90. So N95, when you're talking about masks, um, it's a certain procedure how they build the mask. It's very different. I think it's five different layers, and they're all going different crossways, and then there's a specific barrier so that you are not allowing um a certain size like down to like the micron like i think it's three microns or something but don't quote me on it but it's very small particles that is going to yeah. block out right 
Whoa. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have a seal on your face. So um, that's the whole thing with N95 mask and mask in general and things like that. So, um, Very so cool. we, I mean, we have a fair amount. We have we have a fair amount of N95 that have been donated, and um, I think the county had a stockpile somewhere because it's like we got these crazy N95s that maybe are a couple seasons old. You know what I mean? Um, uh-huh. but, yeah. Yeah, no. Anyway. I, you know, I was thinking that as you were speaking, um, and you know, with everything, you know, all the health professionals. Have you seen that uh, drawing where this, there's like a superhero? The superheroes are lined up uh, on both sides, and um, they're I, they're ex- you see the, all the medical professionals, and the nurses, doctors, everybody's walking out. They're kind of being um, they're uh, and they're being saluted by all the superheroes, like you know, um, all the superheroes, Marvel. No. All the, you haven't seen that one? Wow. Uh-uh. Yeah, they're shuffling out, and then they're they're being saluted by all the superheroes. I thought that was pretty cool, man. It's uh, you yeah, know, cool. they're paying respect to the to the to all the health professionals, man. Um, I like. I, I, was, I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. You haven't seen that? Yeah, you know, I haven't, but I. I... I don't know how I feel about that, you know, being called a hero. It's like I was trained for a job, you know what I mean? And that training encompassed a lot of different aspects. And there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different bit of science that goes into your training, right? And the rest of it is on the job training. And there's principles that you learn, like like protective, like PPE, right? There's the principles of the different types of PPE that you wear to protect yourself with patients, right? Um, and so, yeah, we're prepared. And, you know, COVID is almost no different in the approach that you take with caring for a patient. I'm not saying the medical treatment, right? Because um, medicine is, there's so many different disciplines but the nursing aspect of it is essentially you're just there for somebody and a nurse's role is um i call us the captain of a ship right so on my unit and my my level of service i run four patients so i have four ships and each patient as a ship has different activities going on for the day Uh, maybe somebody needs a lot of respiratory support maybe somebody needs a lot of cardiac support maybe the next patient needs physical therapy support right so we have we work with so many different disciplines, and each discipline checks in with the nurse first before working with the patient. So you get to know your back history of each patient. You get to know how this patient's going to react to getting up and walking 60 feet um, versus this patient who maybe can't walk 16 feet. And mm-hmm. you know, physical activity is still important for everybody. So um, you're trained in all these different a- aspects and going to work is still, it's still going to work. You're still caring for patients that are just sick. Um, and so to call a nurse or a physical therapist or a doctor to call us heroes, I think I, I won't speak for all of us, but I think everybody feels a little bit funny about it. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like a hero, man. I, I go to work to do a job and I go to work to look for signs and symptoms and I go to work to, communicate with patients and their families and the rest of my interdisciplinary team, my, my doctors, my respiratory therapists, my, my physical therapists, my CNAs, you know, there's so many different disciplines yeah. that work in the hospital. There's so many different people that are frontliners that, you, you know, you want to call them frontline heroes, but I mean, I'm thankful. I'm thankful I could go to Krispy Kreme on Mondays and get a dozen, a dozen of donuts for free or, 
I think Burger King's offering free deals for nurses, but uh, yeah, that's okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't take it. I don't take advantage of it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I hear you. I, I appreciate. I, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that people are taking note of the roles that all healthcare personnel are yeah. taking, not just nurses. You know, I'm grateful for that, and you know, I feel honored that I get to be that person that has that experience and the knowledge and the ability to communicate. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm in the role that I get to be in and I'm going to, I'm going to perform it for as long as I can and, and do it to the best of my abilities. And I, and I think I could say that for, you know, most nurses and most physical therapy and most respiratory therapists and even our EVS people, you know, our housekeeping that goes into these rooms to, 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 to clean the room after our COVID patients, you know, like, I, I feel like those people, like the our housekeepers, they get, they kind of get the shaft. Nobody's mentioning uh, the hard work that they do, and yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like if I didn't have a clean floor to walk on or clean countertops to like to feel like, hey, uh, you know, somebody cleaned this, you know, or you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, if there's oh, any right. uh, EVS workers out there that I, I want to give you a big shout out because that's that's a lot of work that they do as well. Absolutely, no doubt, man. Everybody plays a role, man. Everybody plays a role, and again, yeah, it goes back to teamwork. It's, it's all teamwork, man. And, teamwork, you know. And so, so Paul, um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, like, and this kind of ties into what you know, the, our next topic would, um, you know, as a registered nurse. I mean, what, what would you, do you ever see yourself leaving? You know, to. Uh, you know, to pursue or to scale, continue to scale up, let's say Zoetic Movement, you know, begins to rapidly grow. I mean, do, do you ever contemplate that scenario where, you know, that, if that business became too, started to grow at, you know, at a exponential rate, I mean, what, what, yeah. what would happen to nursing? Or, I mean, or would you have to leave the business to, <laughs> um, to handle nursing? Is that, I mean, how, how would that look? What do you think about that? I mean, right now, right now, Zoetic Movement is at a capacity that I can handle all my life. And I, I think kind of the end goal is that I know certainly I love being at Zoetic Movement. I love I love the work that Judy does there and, you know, seeing um, that side of life. You know, I work in the hospital three days a week and then, you know, two days a week, maybe one or two days a week. I'm at the studio. Um, like but I'm doing day, right? studio kind of every day. Yeah. I mean, you get to see you get to see kids like little ones doing an activity that they love, right? Whether they're three years old and they're just starting out with, you know, princess ballet class and <laughs> you, there's no way that you cannot crack a smile or laugh when you see like, you know, eight, <laughs> 10, you know, 15 little three-year-olds in a room dressed yeah. in ballet gear and like prancing around just say, look at mommy, look at mommy. Like yeah. the cutest thing in the world. And so right. and then when you see, um, you know, the older girls that Judy, Judy handles a lot of the older girls um, that dance more, you know, they're dancing anywhere from five, 12, 15 hours a week with her. Um, and, you know, Judy is one who's constantly never improving herself. She listens to a lot of um, speakers on YouTube, um, spiritual leaders, there's, you know, business aspect guys, you know, was it the Kurosaki guy, the rich dad, poor dad kind of guy? Yeah. Different, you know, people that are business owners themselves that she's always listening to. Of course, Tony Robbins, um, 
and the knowledge that she's gained, she imports that into dancers on the dance room. And when you get to see, you know, a 12 year old or 13 year old or 16 year old starting to say some of the things that she said that she's got in some of these seminars, like to see the flow of information coming down, I think that's super cool. I think that's, that's super just also like, I don't know, like honored about that to be, to say that, you know, we have a venue that you can inspire young people with you know, some good bits of knowledge, some good bits of wisdom to lead their life. And, and it's not just about dance. And it's not just about, you know, how you, you take a combo and turn it into something that's beautiful and expressionary, but also um, how they take that and approach it and apply it to the rest of their life. And you end up seeing that with these ones that are older, you know, the teenagers that um, I, I, I like to use our Miss Katie that um, Miss Katie is a dancer that Judy's trained when she was eight and trained her all the way up until I, I would say even still now or she's still a mentor for her but she's now dancing at cal state Fullerton in their dance program but she also teaches for us and uh-huh. to see her in her classroom teaching her young dancers and to say and for her to say some of the things that i know um judy's said to her before in their time yeah. and, you know in training and stuff like that like that's that's really cool that's really cool to see that kind of legacy like um mm. imparted on 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 the youth on on this generation that you have right so that's the cool part of of zoetic movement and and to answer your question like if we were to be like oh huge and play like i would still be involved at some point um i think we'd probably hire more people to just you know have <laughs> i would uh, i would not back off a little bit more but um mm-hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't step away from nursing and i've i thought often thought about what does my career look like you know, I'm I'm on 14 years, and you don't see um, your your general lifespan for bedside nurse because bedside nursing is tough. It's a lot of wear and tear on your body. Mm. Um, it wears you down physically by the end of 12 hours or 13 hours. It wears you down emotionally sometimes, spiritually. Okay. Um, you know, whenever I get an opportunity and I get the chance, I like to impart some of the learnings I've, I've got along my life to some of my patients, right? Um, oh, patients coming in on um, alcohol withdrawals, right? They always, they don't always, but they tend to have maybe not the best of life choices. And some of them want to actually change their life. So it's nice to be able to say, hey, look, you can go down this way. Maybe you can meditate. Maybe you can go through some Tony Robbins event, or maybe, you know, there's a lot of different aspects that you have to impart on people as a nurse. Um, but it is difficult on the body. It's very taxing. I get home from work every, even still after four, after 14 years, I get home and I'm just, I'm wiped. I'm exhausted. I just want to sit in a room by myself for at least five, 10 minutes, let the rings and the bells of the day just like dissipate and of course. You know, have a few minutes by yourself. So mm-hmm. that takes a toll on you over, you know, amount of years. And so the average lifespan of, a bedside nurse, I think, is around like twelve years, ten to fifteen years, something like that. And so they'll either, you know, nurses will either you mean after they retire and move into not even retire, bro. Like I'm just saying, um, or the career, is such a broad career. Yeah, it's a it's such a broad avenue to work, right? Like bedside nursing in the hospitals is one one area, and I would argue that you get a lot of um, you get a lot. Of, if not the most amount of exposure and um, education in the bedside, at the bedside, because 
you know, I'm talking to doctors every day. I'm learning what the new studies of how to treat congestive heart failure is or, you know, all that stuff. So I'm constantly getting educated on different things in an informal fashion, right? But right. aside from being at a bedside nurse in the hospital, you can be a home care nurse going out and seeing patients in the home. You can be a school nurse. You can be a, a teacher. Mm. Um, so you have so many different venues and avenues to go in with nursing. Um, and so most nurses, they, you know, they'll get their higher education, they'll get their bachelor's, they'll go back to the master's. Um, some of them go on and get, and get a doctorate in nursing. So you have a doctor nurse. <laughs> um, you could be a nurse practitioner, right? So there's so many different roles and venues that you can go to that. Right. Um, I think the average the average bedside nurse stays about 10 to, 10 to 15 years and then they're off to doing something else. So you don't see a lot of nurses that stay their whole career at the bedside, you know, being 20, 30, 40 years. There are some, there's, you know, there's a good amount, but um, I question, I don't know what's next for me. For now, I feel like I, I love what I do. I love being at the bedside. Mm-hmm. I love every aspect of nursing, you know, even the hard parts. Um, so I'm in it for a while. And I think um, Judy and I we play a game sometimes and always ask like, you know, what would we, what would we do if we had all the money in the world? Like as of right now, like, what would we, what would you do? What would you do with your life? Thank you. Right. <laughs> what would be your purpose? If monetary was not an issue, if you didn't have to work for money, what would you continue doing? How mm-hmm. would you spend your time? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, every time, even you give me, you know, a billion dollars today, I would still go back and be a nurse. Wow. I would still go back into the bedside. That's awesome. At That's least, awesome. I mean, Maybe not three days a week, maybe two days a week, maybe two days a pay period. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I would do it. I, I that's how I feel like that's, that's awesome. how I feel I get to contribute to our society. That's great. You know what I mean? That's 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 like yeah. real passion for what you do, man. That's I admire that a lot, man. You don't see that, you know, you don't see that too often, you know. And that's great that you would I mean I mean that's but that's when you find what you truly love, man. You do, what would you be willing right. to do for free, right? What would you be willing to do? Yeah, you know, receiving compensation for it, monetary compensation, you know. Paul, so what's that? Yeah, go ahead. No, so going back to Zoetic Movement, I want to talk a little bit more about Zoetic Movement, man. And you guys founded it in 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 2011, and here you are. Yeah, you know, uh, what nine years later? Is my is my math? <laughs> Double check. Well, we'll be hitting we'll be hitting nine nine years in summer. Okay, so almost nine years, right? And, and to see where you've come from, because I know you guys, you started out in your living room, right? And uh, here you are now. Yeah. You got your, you, you got, you've been in your location now for several years. You've expanded on that location. Uh, and by the way, Paul's a hell of a dancer. Can you show us your T Rex, Paul? Can you go ahead and show us? Your- <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. it is. There it is. That's the, extent. That's the extent of it. Oh, come on. Stand. I wanted you to stand up and give us the whole thing. No, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so here you guys are, you know, almost nine years later, man. What's been key to success, to your success there at uh, Zoetic Movement, man? Because you didn't obviously, well, not obviously, you didn't know anything about uh, dance or that world, right? I think Judy obviously was the one who who had uh, who was the dancer and who was involved who had experience in that world already. Uh, but but here you are coming in, you know, inexperienced in, the, in that particular arena. Uh, so give, can you tell us a little bit about what 
along, you know, what was successful? What what was key to your success along the way with Zoetic Movement and, and, uh, and growing it to where it is today? So I think the key to any business, um, I think, and and you can apply this to just life in general, is communication and consistency. Mm. Right. Um, it, so whatever you're gonna do, you get to do it well. And I think for us to continually to do what we're doing is um, is the commitment. So I see Judy wake up every day, and she does. She's always working on her business. You know, really? she's working on her routine. Oh, oh, whoa! Are you okay over there? Yeah, go ahead. sorry about that. <laughs> um, so she wakes up and she's devoted. She's working on either um, our dance recital and getting things ready for that, or she's working on her class material. So um, the combinations that she's going to teach for her classes for that day, um, different, a lot of different things. So she's really um, the dr the drive for behind. Oh. Um, all of that movement. And then uh, on my days off, you know, I'll wake up and I dedicate a couple hours every day um, answering emails, uh, checking on accounts, you know, yeah, um, managing the software that we use for the business, things like that. Um, but you have to be consistent and you have to be able to communicate. Uh, you're communicating to not only your staff and to each other, um, but you got to communicate to the community. Hey, this is what we do. This is what we offer, right? Mm -hmm. This is your marketing basically, right? Um, I think I, I think you went to school for communications, right? Didn't you get a communications degree? Right, I did. So you know the importance of communicating anything, right? So, um, so many different aspects of communication, um, which coincidentally is, I would say, one of the key features of being a nurse, like or at least being a good nurse, is you got to be able to communicate effectively and efficiently. Um, and yeah. so, just taking kind of that concept over from nursing to like what we do um that's that's the key and you know of course there's marketing you gotta you gotta do your marketing to constantly be bringing in new students and then um being consistent being consistent with your with your your customers and your staff mm -hmm. um that's also the key thing so yeah absolutely man okay and and uh how many staff members do you have now paul uh, we have six six teachers plus Judy and myself. So, wow. And then I have a I have a mom that helps me volunteer a lot. And a couple you know a couple of moms they just want to help. So you know we have some volunteers that do help and do different things. But very cool. Char teachers that that teach six instructors. Wow. And and Char still there? Shout out to Char. She's still there. So, shout out to Miss Char. Yeah, she teaches Char. our. Um, <laughs> our hip-hop class and then she also does um she manages our website too she's actually you talk about uh jack of all trades like she's doing a lot of behind the scenes work with our website you know doing the um the seo stuff things like that mm -hmm. updating the website so yeah it's a, it takes a team it takes a team oh no doubt, no doubt. i remember uh the um well, i think it was one of your first events or 2013 we did the uh, Upland Highlander Theater, right? Upland High School. And you asked me to MC right. that event, and I, ha I had no clue what the hell I was doing. <laughs> oh, I was so, like, uh, Ill I was not prepared, man. And, but, uh, I, I, you know, somehow yeah. I, I went up there and, uh, you know, kind of, I, I don't know, I probably screwed that up, but uh, it was fun, <laughs> man. And, <laughs> uh, but that was, was fun. Funny, it was dude. funny, dude. It was funny. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, it was cool. I remember uh, one of the uh, performers, the breakdancers, man. I, 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 to- yeah. I went up to, I went up to introduce them, and I forgot my card like, <laughs> with all the names of all the performers. And I'm reaching in my back pocket, <laughs> like, oh my gosh! And then I'm, I'm reaching, I'm looking for my, you know, for that piece of paper. And I just, I just said, oh, well, give it up for the break dancers, you know. And, and I, I apologized to them afterwards, you know, because I, I didn't, I didn't, didn't know their name. I didn't know the, the, what they were called, you know, what they called themselves. Anyways, they were cool. They were like, hey, don't, you know, don't worry about it. But anyways, always be prepared before you go on stage, right? That's the moral of the yeah, story. That story. But uh, so yeah, yeah, man. How many dancers do you have now, actually? Grand total. Uh, you know, before. Before COVID hit, we had about 120, 130. Wow. And then uh, we, you know, we moved, we moved everything online. Um, so we were running classes through Zoom, which, you know, has been working out for us. We've, we've been able to keep a good a majority of our dancers. Um, but, you know, you get a couple that just want to, they want to stop there. They mm-hmm. don't see the value in doing Zoom sessions, but I mean, they look fun. I, I see Judy doing her Zoom sessions with her dancers and, um, she does a lot of things with them to keep them motivated and, and act uh, in tune, like challenges with them. And um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing what our technology can do. But awesome. we are, um, inc- we're very much looking forward to getting back in the studio, and hopefully that happens soon. I bet. I think I think things are starting to open up, man. And so you guys are still conducting business. I'm I'm glad to hear that. And obviously, I'll be a little bit different, right, uh, with the Zoom and and virtually yeah, and yeah. all that, but. I'm glad you guys are still, yeah. um, you know, out there doing your thing. And, um, but, uh, and, and I was checking out your Yelp comments, Paul, by the way, uh, you know, and everybody like the common theme that I saw on Yelp and you probably may, you may or may not look at your Yelp <laughs> comment, what people are saying about you, but everybody was like, you know, it's such a family atmosphere, family oriented. Uh, Paul, even one lady said, Paul took the time to, uh answer our questions and he was very professional and he was really polite and uh and we decided you know to go with uh, zoetic uh because obviously there's other dance studios out there but but i think that's great man you guys yeah. are creating you guys have created a certain a culture there you've created a certain vibe about yeah. us in the community and uh i think um you know it, it, and i'm not surprised you know knowing you knowing you judy the type of people you guys are yeah you guys are uh, champions. That's all. That's all, Judy, man. You know, everything stems from the top down in any organization, right? So she has that personality of, um, you know, love and positivity, and just I mean, even during all this, she, there's just so much, um, so many silver bullets or silver linings in in the whole COVID. Even shutting down our business, there was, you know, it was tough transition, but you still there's a lot of, you can still find a lot of um, highlights in it. So. And then that's always that's always present in her demeanor. She's like, she's the one that's just so full of love and so full of energy and so full of positivity that yeah. that's infectious, you know. Like, and that's what really this is. world needs. This world needs this world needs people that are positive and loving and um, passionate about what they want to do. And you know that stuff it gets passed on to the anybody that that's around you. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm incredibly blessed and I'm, I'm incredibly thankful that I get to have her in my life. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah, you reap what you sow, right? You put you we put out into the universe, and you you'll get it back, man. Whatever you're putting out, you know, be it good or bad, right? And uh, yep. it yep. is infectious. Amen. 
Yeah. You, you know, yeah. it is contagious and it's infectious. And uh, I think when you, um, yeah, when you're, when you're putting that into the, putting that out there, man, it really comes back to you. And it's, it's, uh, it's great to see that it's great to be a giver and it's great to receive, you know? Um, so, but what's on the horizon for Zoetic, man? Like what, what, what's the, what's the future hold for you guys? What, what are some goals, you know, for, for Zoetic? Uh, you know, con- continue building. We want to continue building on what, where we're at and, um, you know, we're a competition style studio, so uh, we do have a competition team. Um, so it's kind of and that and in that spirit, we kind of train um, whether it's recreational dance or com- competitive dance. They we still train for that way. So we're always wanting to expand our competitive team um, and you know continue to teach these the next generation you know life skills that you can use not only in dance but in everything. And then um, yeah, yeah, keep growing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Paul, I want, I want to take uh, just a comment from the uh, the viewers. Um, I have Z Boxing News, uh, and he uh, he wanted to thank you for being on the front lines. Thank you, Z Boxing News. That's actually Danny, uh, Danny Z from Z Boxing News. He's been on the program before here. And um, what up, Danny? Yeah, for sure, man. And, and you know, pe- people are just grateful. Paul, you know, people are grateful for firefighters. People are grateful uh, for, you know, for doctors and, and um, you know, scientists. Or, yeah, you know, there's yeah. so many people in the, in that capacity of helping others, saving others, uh, serving others, public servants. Uh, and, you know, I think that's I think that's naturally the sentiment, you know, thank those who are, are on the front lines, like Danny says. Uh, who are in yeah. the trenches, who are seeing this every day, who are taking, risking their own lives, man. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, for you guys. And, but I think that's, uh, it's only, it's only fair, man, that you guys get recognized like that because it's, it's a huge risk you guys are taking. Man. Not, 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 not everybody's willing to take, you know, let's say, let's face it. Let's be honest, you know? Yeah. So, you know, so uh, police officers risk their lives well, every day. You know, you do. That's right. You know, it's my and, honor and my my privilege to be out there and serve and serve any any way we can. I mean, I think um, I think it's within our innate nature of being human beings to to help people you know, in any fashion that you can. You know what I mean? Whether mm-hmm. whether you're able to take care of somebody who's sick or you're able to go out and start a foundation to you know serve a bunch of people. Um, I don't know. I, I just I think that I, I get that comment a lot. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know how you can be a nurse. It can be. I couldn't take care of sick people, but I think, I think you could, you know, I think if you're walking by and you see somebody grab their chest and fall, like, people run to the aid and whether they know what to do or not, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they have to see you know, what it is I can do. So I think that fundamental instinct is there with us, you know, with every human being, but no in doubt. any way that anybody can serve, I mean, to me, a life worth living is a life of servitude. Um, and I'm just incredibly thankful that I get to serve. I get to serve sick people. I get to serve dancers. I get to serve my wife. I get to serve, you know, <laughs> so many different ways I get to serve. So it's, it's, yeah, like, you do it. Less, so. Yeah, absolutely. You do it effortlessly, man. And like I said, I admire you for, for, for being, for being that way and person who you are, man. And uh, thank you for, 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 for doing that. Continue to do it, man. And, uh, 
so I can learn, learn from the, learn from the man, the, the master of all trades. Hey, you know? hey man, I'll just say th thank you for, um, you know, doing what you do. You're, you're following your passion and following your dream to, you know, get these things started and, you know, I admire you for chasing your dreams. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome, bro. So thank you for being my inspiration. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Absolutely. We all have to, yeah, well, you know, we only have one life to live, man. And I'd rather say I, I, I tried, you know, um, than I, than I wish I did, you know? So, and, um, so definitely, man, Paul, man, I, I want to thank you for being here, man taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, can you tell the, the good people where to find you on Instagram, your website, Zoetic? Uh, go ahead and plug whatever you'd like to plug, man. Where, where can we find Paul McHugh? Yeah, so you can uh, you can check out Zoetic Movement at um, Zoetic Movement. I think on Instagram it's at Zoetic Movement. And then um, you can check out the website, zoeticmovement.net or .com, either one. Um, I actually, uh, you mentioned my woodworking earlier. So I started my own woodworking business too, which I, you know, plan to do something with a little, a little bit, but that's, that's called P-Dub Builds. <laughs> P-Dub Builds? Um, I like, okay. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't yeah. heard of this, man. Yep. Wow, that's yeah, exciting. Yeah, I just started at uh, the, end, the end of last year. So I'm building up projects so that I can, you know, feel confidence to start, uh, maybe start a YouTube channel or something like that. So. Oh, um, speaking of YouTube, we're actually, you know, Zoetic Movement's on YouTube as well. You can see a lot of our comp routines on there. Um, so I think you just search Zoetic Movement on YouTube. And um, Facebook, Zoetic Movement on Facebook. So, yeah, Judy does a lot of work on Instagram. So there's a lot of cool little, uh, I don't know, posts. What do you come on there? Post. <laughs> and we're, yeah. we're working on uh, developing our TikTok presence too. Oh man, you guys are all the way. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Uh, yeah, and, and tell Judy by the way, I, I need a follow, man. I haven't. She, I'm waiting for her to follow me back on uh, on Instagram, man. Profile Pod TV. Oh, word. Ninety and '90s galore okay. too, man. I, you know, where's my follow back, okay. Judy? Come on. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll uh, let know right now. I'm following you guys, so I, you know. Hey, don't forget about the little people, Paul. Jeez, man. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no no man but yeah hey paul man I, really man thank you so much bro you know i love you and um thank you for being here and look looking forward to seeing you soon you know out there and um at the next yeah. uh, the next uh gathering reunion or, or whatever man and um All right give my best to judy give my best to everybody at zoetic uh shout out to char um and i know I've seen you. You have like yeah, your, some of your dancers uh, are really, really uh, accomplished dancers, man, which is awesome. And then you guys are killing it at the competitions and everything you guys are doing, man. It's just turning to gold. And so thumbs up to you guys. Keep it up, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Got nothing but love for you. Absolutely. Stay safe. Brother. Stay healthy out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Mr. Paul McHugh, registered nurse and co-founder and CFO, sorry, CFO uh, at Zoetic Movement Dance Studio in Rancho Cucamonga. He was here to give us a perspective on both worlds, and he did it uh, with such such uh, eloquence and, and uh, ease and, and perfection. So we want to thank him for being here. Uh, as for myself, 
you know, always as always, much love to everybody who tuned in. If you're watching the replay, uh, thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, I want to thank Danny for checking in from Z Boxing News. Maybe we'll get him back on here soon. Don't forget to subscribe to Profile Pod TV on YouTube. Also, subscribe to um, uh, 90s Galore at uh, on Apple Podcasts. Like us on Instagram. I'm at, at Profile Pod TV as well as 90s Galore. We go hand in hand. Um, so, if you want to come on and showcase your talent, showcase your your business, your podcast. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. Want to tell your story? Uh, in a couple of weeks, we got a couple of gentlemen who go uh, deep sea kayak fishing, so they're going to be on from a uh, on here on the on profile pod TV. So that's just an example. What type of uh, individuals we get? You, you just saw Paul um, tell his story on zoetic movement and as a registered nurse. We had Chris Ward last week, mentor and leader, public speaker. So let's get you on here. DM me at profile pod TV on Instagram or shoot me a, shoot me a, a, an email, the profile pod TV at gmail.com. So one, one, again, thank you so much for being here. Catch the audio on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, on anchor, or watch the replay here on, on, on YouTube. So it'll become a simulcast as soon as we do that. All right. So um, also uh, thank you on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter at nineties galore on Twitter. So, um, Thank you so much for for tuning in. And until next week, always remember to take it easy.